and welcome to ESC Pulse, the podcast that beats into the heart of Eurovision. My name's Kylie, hello, hi, and oh my god, I cannot believe I've been doing this thing for 10 years now. <laughs> and as always, joining me. Hello, I'm John. N- neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, hello. Um, So this is our 10th anniversary special of the ESC Pulse podcast. Um... Yeah, the very first episode, I can't remember what the exact date was, but it was definitely early December 2012, so yay! Um, <laughs> it's not my 10th anniversary, I think it's only my 5th, but I've been listening from quite early on, and um, yeah, happy birthday, EOC Pulse! Yay! So yeah, when we first started, we John wasn't here, we had other... I had rather... Um, other guest hosts um but over the years it's changed like partly due to like other commitments and partly because i fell out with one of them (laughs) had to replace him with john uh but um anyway it's um it's good that we're both here and i'm especially glad that you're here because what we're going to do for our 10th anniversary is that we're going to have a look back at the first Eurovision year that we covered on this podcast, which is 2013. And I know that you, John, have said quite a few times on this podcast that um, this was the very first contest that you intended in person. So you've got quite a lot of fond memories about this year. I do, I really do. I remember um, sitting watching the previous year's contest um, um, in my um, blue and yellow striped outfit (laughs) and um, thinking, you know, if Sweden or my own country, the UK, ever win Eurovision, I'm going. And I did. (laughs) And the rest is history. Yeah. I couldn't go, unfortunately, because I was studying at the time and I couldn't find a way to work around it. So I was just kind of stuck at home. So, boo. Oh. <laughs> but you made your debut the following year, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I was still studying, but I'm, I was like... I was, like, managed to sneak away of, like, spending the day in Copenhagen. I mean, I got into trouble for it with my um, lecturer, but it was worth it. (laughs) Worth it, worth everything. And um, that was the first time I met you, and my um, endearing memory of that day is us hurtling down the streets of Copenhagen. Yeah, because when we were almost late for um, getting to the island on time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we just basically like sprinted through the center of Copenhagen, like it was that scene on Train Spotting, trying to find where the <laughs> where the port was to get the boats across. Mm. Yes. And I knew. I remember our new Spanish friends were saying, "It's all right. We'll get there on time." But no, <coughs> British British people will not settle until they're at their destination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back back to twenty thirteen. <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember at the time. 
so um before we get started talking about 2013 and any further so it's um oh oh so it's worth pointing out so this is not going to replace the original review we did all the way back in 2013 this is just kind of like um cliff notes if you will just kind of like uh (laughs) <laughs> you know like in those tv specials it's kind of like those 10-year reunions this is kind of like the friends reunion special of the tw- of our 2013 review <laughs> <laughs> why not yeah so um i remember at the time and um i think it's still very much is the general consensus among the Eurovision fandom that 2013 was kind of an underwhelming year in terms of song quality. Um, I don't think it was a bad year, but I think part of the reason why it got the reputation that it did was, first of all, we got quite a few withdrawals in 2013. That's in large part due to the um due to financial problems and also we would we had just come off of 2012 which is still regarded as a legendary year in Eurovision so it, it so it's um a little bit unfair but on the other hand I there there is a certain degree where it's kind of like I don't really listen to a lot of these songs so so it's just kind of like i mean it's in terms of song quality it's okay but there's been better in the past decade i think well maybe it has a tough act to follow Hmm. um as far as song quality as far as the show's concerned i think it was terrific oh yeah i think the show was really really good uh, I know. I think some people were kind of disappointed be, uh, that uh, SVT actually kind of uh, downscaled it because, like, the past few years we've been having Eurovision in these big arenas, and then, and when Sweden won in twenty twelve, people had this expectation: oh, it's going to be grand and epic and stuff like that because of Melody Festival. And but they actually. Um, down um downscaled it to like the typical arenas we have in we have eurovision in now the kind of twelve thousand arenas and um also the fact that it ended up in malmo was kind of a surprise to a lot of fans (laughs) definitely um you know things come around again i think something very similar is happening in 2023 yeah Um, I think people are expecting it to be a lot grander than it's going to be because it's the BBC. Um, But no. No, none of us can afford anything right now. (laughs) Absolutely. You mentioned withdrawals due to financial reasons and the same thing's happening this year. So (laughs) when we talk about 2013 contests, you you may think we're talking about next year's. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I really liked the show. Obviously, it was hosted by the living legend herself, Petra Mede. Um, Dropping. <laughs> and um, 
I really liked the kind of graphic style of it. Like, I really loved the butterfly postcards. Those are some of my favorite postcards ever in Eurovision. And um, oh, me too, me too. Yeah. So I do think that, regardless of the song quality, the show was really, really good. And of course, it was the first year that introduced the parade of nations at the start of the final, and um, it oh. and it it it. it I, I wouldn't do without it ever. It just feels like the pro. It just feels. I don't know what the right word is, but it just feels complete to have the Parade of Nations at the beginning, in my opinion. Definitely. We can't, we can't have Eurovision without it nowadays. Yeah. Um, we, also, we also. I think this was the first year that we had the predetermined winning order, am I right? Yeah. I remember yes. a lot of people were moaning about that. And I think I was one of them, but over the years I come to realise that I actually kind of prefer having the producers work around making the show flow better from a TV standpoint rather than the last few years beforehand having ballads open the show, which just started it off in, on this weird note <laughs> yes i was thinking about it actually now i think from about 2006 to 2012 we had a consecutive run of opening songs that were completely inappropriate yeah because <laughs> they, were, they were all ballads they and they all possibly lost points that they might have gained had they been on later yeah and it's funny because People who have become fans since 2013, when they look back at previous contests, they might say, I, I have heard them say, oh, what, what, what did they put that song on first for? <laughs> it's like nobody can remember that there was a draw back then. Yeah, because it's fair to say over the last few years, a lot of younger fans have come in who are not used to... <laughs> a pr- a random running order. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So it's become the norm, and I don't think we'll go back. No, I don't think so. Okay, so how we're gonna do this? It's basically a very loose kind of discussion over like the various songs that. Like we'll we'll do a bit discussing the non qualifiers and then we'll have a loose discussion going through the final running order and um basically um um discuss what we thought about the songs back then and if our opinions have changed since then and stuff like that. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's basically a rough kind of discussional format kind of thing. We're not gonna have any clips or anything like that so um yeah it's just it's just gonna be just going to sit back and not worry about um um all that kind of stuff pretty much okay so shall we start off discussing the non-qualifiers yes so um i so in comparison to 2009 where I said well both of us said that there weren't any shocking non-qualifiers yeah in comparison um uh, 2013 mm. had a 
handful of rather shocking non-qualifiers. Um, um, do you want to start? Is there one that you want to bring up first? Montenegro. Yes! <laughs> That's what I wanted to mention first. Like, oh, God. Robbed blind. Yeah. Particularly since it came out that they scored really highly in the televote. We don't know how many points. Yeah. But, um... Uh, oh, now that you mention it, we also <laughs> forgot to mention that 2013 is the only year where we don't have an actual televote score because the EBU thought that it was a, it would it was the best way of not encouraging certain countries, cough, cough, we'll get into that later, from um, <laughs> rigging the televote in um, countries where not many people were voting. Uh, so they thought that the best way around it was to do average scores, uh, which um, it, it, which only served to confuse any everybody, and it just... Um, a lot of people were saying, oh, oh the BEBU are trying to hide something and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think that they were trying to hide something, but I think they were concerned about um, about the legitimacy of certain results. They were trying to mitigate it, but then realised that trying to keep try that trying to keep things too secretive just made them shady so so they dropped it for the next year and and um for those of you who are wondering why oh why can't we get the the proper scores for 2013 now well it's because it's written into the 2013 rules and you can't just retroactively um, change the rules of a past contest because it could potentially just out open a massive can of worms because what's to say <laughs> that if you change the 2013 rules to get the full scores what is it to say that in the future they could retroactively, retroactively change the rules of the 1991 contest to make France win instead so <laughs> yeah no <laughs> No, they're gonna have. They can't do the. the <laughs> they can't do that. Um, yeah, transparency all the way. I mean, it's it seemed a bit fishy at the time, but hey, it's done. It's in the past. Yeah, and uh, the reason I bring that up because in the average scores, Montenegro came out as having the fifth average highest televote. Um, I don't think that means that they were fifth in the televote, but um, because I've seen people do average calculations of subsequent Eurovisions and the placements turned out rather different. So I think it's fair to say that Montenegro did pretty well in the televote, but um, it's not known if it was actually fifth in the televote because I don't think we've had a song with that higher the televote not qualify usually it's someone who came ninth or eighth in the televote it's 
it, it never happens mm. that someone who came fifth in a talent vote fails to qualify. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Um, not that it's impossible. I mean, up until this year, we never had a zero pointer in the televote qualify cough cough. <laughs> so anything can happen, I guess. Almost anything. Yeah. But what what's it, what a missed opportunity though with that song. Yeah, like like I remember when that f- song first came out, it was just like mind blown because this was around the t- time that dubstep because started becoming popular in the mainstream so like certain songs were trying to incorporate dubstep bits which um may or may not have aged badly depending on the song but um it, i thought it was like one of the better attempts actually it was kind of groundbreaking in a way i think so too in the spaceman outfits yes oh yeah, I think there's a consensus among Eurovision fans that that song was robbed of a place in the final. Yeah. Um, speaking of fan favourites that people were kind of shocked to not see qualify was... <laughs> work, fan, work fan favourite. <laughs> As poor old Valentina, her second oh, attempt yeah. at Eurovision with San Marino, and it didn't just failed to get through which um, at the time I was kind of not surprised but I was still a bit sad because yeah because like this was like her attempt this was basically her attempt at a more serious song after that god awful Facebook song (laughs) but um (laughs) It seemed like it was going to be like a great redemption story and it didn't quite happen that year at least. We we would have to wait another 12 months, but yeah, it was still kind of sad, even though I kind of expected it. Well, I think I think it was her nicest Eurovision song, even though she did she did qualify eventually. But I think this was her best song. Uh, any of the non-qualifiers you want to mention? Uh, I was shocked that Israel didn't make it. Yeah, I was but... sad too. Yeah, that was a that was a very good song. Um, I think the singer was very very sad not to get through. Um, uh, and. I, um... Uh, sorry to interrupt you, um, uh, but yeah. I just remembered at the time someone who was at the green room area around uh, uh, for that for the results of that semi final. I remember someone saying that when Israel didn't qualify, um, Moran the singer just basically collapsed into her lap and was so distraught that she was just basically like in the fetal position for hours crying and it was just like oh things like that made me so sad that's that's gutting isn't it um it 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 was her birthday as well oh no i know i know i know it's terrible oh yeah um the song that I think the fans were 
most sad about not qualifying, but I wasn't too surprised about was Serbia. Yeah, like that—that's a good example of how not to uh, revamp your staging because, because uh, okay, so the original staging they had in the national final it was kind of trashy because it had these kind of like cheap Halloweeny devil and angel costumes, but you know at least like it had like a concept behind it, but they. Hmm made um they made them weird well i well i bleh, sorry what well, i can only describe as drag race design challenge monstrosities oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and the complete idea behind the performance was just completely lost and um yeah it's a piece of fabric and everything <laughs> <laughs> yes oh 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 dear <laughs> oh no sorry let me just take a swig um so um i don't uh, any other songs you want to bring up um for good reasons or bad <laughs> either <laughs> Um, I'll do I'll do a quick summary. Um, I know a lot of people always remember the first song they ever saw live at Eurovision, and mine was "Shine" from Austria, Aww. which I, a nice song, but maybe not overly memorable. Yeah. Um, I well, I always have a big, very big soft spot for Croatia's song. Oh. I, I I always like it when they go Balkan and folk and. I thought that was a beautiful song. Um, I also have a soft spot um, for uh, Slovenia's song, even though I know a lot of people thought the performance was a hot mess. Oh, that was a song I actually liked at the time, and that performance was... Oh, oh dear. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, st I still listen to the, the studio track. Yeah. Um... I do want to bring up um, there were two countries that kind of had to change their songs. <laughs> so, um, right. so the first one was Bulgaria. They had Elitsen Stoyan oh, yes. back. Uh, they had a national final and uh, the song that won the national final, they ended up ditching in favour of another song that they actually wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so God. yeah and also we had the whole debacle with um what was then um uh, former yugoslav republic of macedonia um <laughs> um they had a song called imperia which was the kind of like this big grand kind of um quasi ballad kind of thing and then mm. the greeks basically got their knickers in a twist and the Macedonians had to change the song at the very last minute and it was just you, you the song that they ended up going with you could tell that it was made at the last minute because it was just a sad disjointed mess and oh no yeah just when 
lesson to everyone when you choose a song just go with it don't listen to yeah <laughs> don't listen to outside parties because imperial was so much better and you could tell that they'd mashed two songs together they didn't go together musically they didn't go together lyrically yeah um oh a, a, a big missed opportunity as particularly as um one, um, Lozano had a great voice, and two, Esmo was one of the biggest stars in the Balkan area. So, Urgh. yeah. <laughs> um, any of the non qualifiers you want to bring up before we start going through this final lineup? Yeah, I really liked Albania. Um, I had a soft spot for Latvia as well, funnily enough. I did not like Switzerland. Oh, I kind of like that song. I mean, even though it's the Salvation Army, and yes, the <laughs> Salvation Army are extremely problematic. Um, I won't go into that, but there's plenty of material for you to go and Google <laughs> exactly why the Salvation Army are bad organization. But I thought the song was kind of like it was kind of like. Nice. It was nice. It was nice enough, but not not my bag. Yeah. Uh, but it did it did have the, it did have the oldest ever Eurovision participant in the group, though. Oh, I kind of surprised you didn't like that one. I thought it was kind of like up your street, but it goes to show how stupid oh. I am. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not stupid. I generally like the kind of you know twee stuff but um, not every time <laughs> <laughs> oh well okay anything else before we move on um, I think the only one we haven't mentioned is Cyprus which probably tells you how memorable it was but I liked it <laughs> oh yeah I remember at the time people were making basically making a lot of jokes about how boring it was um yeah um uh, th there's another country you haven't mentioned though <laughs> latvia oh i i quite like that one actually yeah that one's a guilty pleasure same same here same here oh if that if that came if that came on i wouldn't skip it yeah First dive, first stage dive at Eurovision as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad that they caught him. <laughs> oh, what that would that have looked like? Oh god, that would have been like, um, what was it? Um, Ida Maria in the Melody Grand Prix final where she fell over <laughs> quite badly. Oh, no. oh, that was quite bad. Oh, talking of Latvian stage dives, did you see, I don't know if you saw the video, at, at the London Eurovision party this year, the guy from Cities Near Me did a stage dive and it, and um, face planted on the floor. Oh, no! <laughs> yes, the, fa the, fan, the fans failed to catch him. <laughs> Oof. And it was, it was, um, it looked painful, but it was hilarious. Okay. Well, because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't see him coming, and he just went, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, 
Okay, so shall we get on with the this discussion of the final? Yes, please. Okay, so I, as we go through the, all these songs, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you what the name of the song and the artist was just to put you on the spot. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, oh, and um, oh, I completely forgot to mention it, but now we're talking about the final. I think it's worth pointing out. Um, we are, what, Rewrite the Story, what was it called? Oh, God. It's... Rewrite the Story. Yeah, and um, considering what happened to poor Avicii a few years ago, it's quite sad thinking about that now. Yeah, I know. Even even before that happened, that song was quite emotionally charged, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and just before we get started, um, because we usually, when we cover past Eurovisions, we usually do the... What we were listening to back then and what was music like back then kind of thing. We'll only do like a couple of minutes on it and I don't have a mini mix for it, but like, just kind of like a quick <laughs> go around. So um, for what I remember from 2013, there was a lot of EDM that was getting popular around that time. And that's about it. <laughs> um I can't remember what I was even listening to at the time. I think I was just, um, I think I was kind of like in a musical rut because I was busy studying and doing this podcast. So I kind of like stopped paying attention to much new music. So I was probably just, <clears throat> just kind of like, um, just stuck with the music I've been listening to for I mean, I started listening to a bit of bit more pop music again because I kind of got over that indie music snob phase where it's just kind of like all <laughs> pop music is awful. But but like I wasn't uh, I'm I, I wasn't regularly listening to pop music, but it was just kind of like oh, it's okay to like certain pop songs. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, what about you? What do you remember about the music of 2013? I wouldn't be able to tell you a single thing without looking it up. <laughs> oh, Nothing. Actually, uh, actually, let's try look it up, actually. Uh, hang on. Let me just... 2013 in music, Wikipedia. Okay, so... Hang on a second. Oh, God, it's... I... <laughs> Where do you find the hit songs? Oh, Jesus Christ. Hang on. 2013 in British music. Kingdom, maybe? Huh? 2013 in British music. No, I'll have to look up the number ones then. Yeah. Um, oh, um, where are the number oh. ones? Number one singles in the 2010s. Scroll down to 2013. Okay, so I'm on to the number ones um oh um daft punks get lucky that's a good song i like daft punk so yeah i prefer linda i prefer linda martin's version <laughs> <laughs> oh god i forgot about that jesus um yeah uh, blurred lines piss off oh god i hate that song uh that's just basically sexual harassment the song Ugh. yeah um Oh, we've got, we've, we've got Love Me Again by James Newman's brother. Oh, yeah. 
quite a good song. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of um, Avicii songs on the, that were number one, obviously, as you would expect. Oh, uh, Lord's Royals. So um, that made me very happy <laughs> that um, <laughs> when she started getting bigger around that time, because obviously she, we're both from New Zealand. So <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so because you know whenever someone from New Zealand becomes internationally famous the whole country is just kind of like fist pumps yes people know yeah. we exist <laughs> that's a nice feeling <laughs> yeah um, oh this this was the year of wrecking ball oh god i don't like <laughs> that song um i come to pop i don't care oh, oh that's a tune I that is it. i love that one <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh god, this was the year that that Miley had Miley Cyrus had that cringy rap kind of phase with with the twerking and stuff like that. Oh, that was not good. Yeah, this was, this was a good good year for James Newman because he he wrote Waiting All Night. Oh, okay, which was number one that year. Okay. And then there are a few songs here I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, War, the... Katy Perry. Uh, the, that's kind of made. <laughs> oh, no, I, ju- I just remember this. There was that, there was just the year of that awful One Direction mashup of One Way or Another and Teenage Kicks for Comic Relief. Oh, that made me so angry back then. Oh. We don't we don't talk about One Direction? No, <laughs> <laughs> we we were both way too old for that. I mean, we were in our mid twenties then, but still, like, we were not exactly the target demographic for that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> but otherwise, um, yeah, a lot of these I don't recognise, which is kind of embarrassing. Uh, it's fine. I think that'll do. Yeah. Okay. So let's get on with um, discussing the finalists. So first up, we have France, and uh, what was their entry that year? Oh, it was Amandine Bourgeois. Yeah, and the song. L'enfer et moi. Ding, ding, ding! Got it. <laughs> I'm going to do this do... for every song in the final for you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You do know some people call me Alexa because I know all the answers to things. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. The John Lexa? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just thought of that literally right there. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I remember this being a pretty solid song. So and uh, kind of like, rockish kind of song i kind of enjoyed it um this was the first song in the final and um uh, what did you think i remember thinking i didn't know why they put it first yeah but then what but then what would they put first i don't know maybe finland maybe belgium but hey um yeah i i like this one as well i like I like it's fine, <laughs> and I remember. I I will always remember it being the first song in the final, and I remember being in the audience, 
I remember her coming out on stage and getting a hug from the floor manager before she started to sing. Um, yeah, just just nice, just nice memories all round from <laughs> this year. Oh. Okay. Anything else on that before we move on to song two? Um, no. Okay. So no, thank you. So song two was Lithuania, and what was the artist and song? I have to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this one got this one got traction. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's, I I remember. It's it's safe to say. Yeah, <laughs> because um, I mean, I always liked the songs. Like, was when it was first selected, I was like, oh, this is kind of up my street. It's kind of like this. It kind of sounds a bit like a killer song, and I had that yeah. weird performance with the clowns and everything that I liked. So, and um, yeah, yeah I, I always liked that song. And um, I remember at the time, pretty much everyone in the press center had this not qualifying, in fact, in the press poll for the qualifiers. So, um, just to explain how it works so basically, when you do when you're in press and you do the predictions for who's going to qualify you pick you pick your 10 and it, the poll is basically based on who ticked them as a qualifier and Lithuania was last in the poll so it was pretty <laughs> embarrassing when it came out like the second envelope that's, <laughs> and a, that's I, hilarious yeah and I was just kind of like laughing my ass off just kind of like ha <laughs> you people look so stupid <laughs> um because um yeah I should have mentioned this earlier but like part of the reason why I decided to create what was eventually become EAC Pulse was because like you know I was like getting into a lot of the press things you know kind that the, the people who were doing blogs and um, going into press and stuff like that and also there was only one Eurovision podcast at the time which was EAC Insight so I was just kind of like oh I should create some competition kind of thing yeah. and also I wanted some sort of outlet to get my Eurovision opinions because I kind of uh, this this was at a time where I was a bit more cocky and sure of myself so, so um before the mental illness took hold basically and I was just basically like a lot of these people like are talking absolute rubbish like I, I need to get my voice out there and tell them how it actually is kind of thing hmm. <laughs> so it's just kind of like <laughs> like when Lithuania qualified after so many people said it wouldn't I just kind of felt like <laughs> I felt pretty smug <laughs> You must have had the smuggest face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what my predictions were for qualifying back then, so I can't say. So, yeah, but I, I wasn't terribly surprised when it, yeah. <laughs> I was, but we won't go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anything else on Lithuania? Um, did, did you say well, what you thought about the song? Well, the the lyrics were legendary. They got a lot of <laughs> they got a lot of attention. They were they even, I think they even covered this song on the Russell Howard show on the BBC. 
pointing pointing about um, Andreas's shoes. <laughs> One is called love, the other is pain. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> and I think I've told the story before on this podcast yeah. that um, and Andreas moved to my hometown for a while. <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw him crossing the road. I'm guessing you didn't say hi or anything. <laughs> no, because I thought it was just a very good look-alike. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I don't think I've had any weird story like that where I just randomly walked into a Eurovision artist or anything like that <laughs> outside of, you know, the Eurovision city and Euro village and all that stuff. <laughs> It'll happen someday. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe one day I'll bump into Mr. Lordy at Asda's or something <laughs> oh okay. take a picture if that happens <laughs> oh I will I will um, so shall we move on to song number three yes okay so remind me what was the song who was um, performing for Moldova it was Aliona Moon of course Yes, and what was the song? I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, uh, oh, 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 Mia. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, I remember when this was first selected, it was in English, and I thought that it was absolutely terrible because the the English lyrics were just so trite, but they had the smart decision to switch it to Moldovan and, um, well, Romanian, depending on how you want to consider it. But, um, yeah. yeah, they switched it to Romanian and it turned out so much better. And, like, I, and after that happened, I was like, oh, I actually like this song. So, yeah, the, so, um, so, yeah, I've always been a fan of the song when they, um, announced that, that they were switching languages and um i remember at the final she kind of like um missed a line or something like that and it was kind of like really unfortunate because oh, oh. but yeah it, I, I I, that. I, yeah and um like the, she had the she was the one with the epic dress so um, that yes. was like amazing so yeah 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 i really like this one <laughs> this is a minor miracle i mean i can i think i can't think how many times um a song has switched to its native language from english and i think you could probably only count them on one hand anyway um <laughs> it's just so much better in in, in Romanian language and it's the only song in Romanian that I know the lyrics to oh uh, it's it's terrific it's terrific oh that's nice okay anything else uh, before uh, we move on to the next one move on okay so song number four which was Finland of course you should know what this is and anyway here's marry me <laughs> yes so um, I got a bit of a complicated history with this one because, like, at the time I absolutely hated it, and to be honest, I still kind of hate it. But uh, over the years, I've obviously warmed up to Krista, obviously because she seems like a good gal. 
Um, and like she is a good performer, but I ugh, this kind of like Katy Perry ripoff, like n- no, no thanks, sorry. This, but this song gifted us Krista Siegfried's to the world. Yeah, I'll give it that so, at least. Yeah, we've got to give it that. Um, epic um, performance. It was epic how she stood up for um, same-sex marriage rights as well with her performance and everything she's done since then. Um, yeah, I do remember, though, some time after the contest, hearing the song that came second in Finland um, by Mikhail Sari and being a bit gutted that it didn't win. Yeah, I remember at the time people were quite annoyed that that didn't win. Uh, the, it wasn't UM Core back then, but it was like the Finnish national final back then. So yeah, yeah people were pretty miffed, I remember at the time. Yeah, but I don't, I don't begrudge her and it's it's a classic song these days. Okay, so um, anything else before we move on to song number five? I can't think of anything. Oh, ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so song number five was Spain. Do you remember what was the entry that year? I remember the group were um, El Sueño de Morfeo. Yes. Yes. This, this, and this is this is one of the songs, one of those songs where I love it and everyone else doesn't, isn't it? Uh, it uh, was Contigo hasta el final. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yes, I love that song. Nobody else does. I thought it was quite a cute song, and uh, to a certain degree, I still think that it's a cute song, but I just kind of felt like on stage it didn't really work, and especially because, like, her performance wasn't the best, I have to say. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. The tuning was slightly off, but I enjoyed the stage, and there was this lovely moment with the um, hanging lamps from the ceiling. That was a that was a gorgeous moment. Yeah, I I, re- I I will always listen to this song if I hear it, and you know I really like it. Oh, but it's not one of the more more, more popular Spanish songs, I'd have to say. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that. Yeah. Okay, um, shall we go to song number six? Song number six. Yeah, that was Belgium. Do you remember what that entry was? This is Roberto Bellaroso with Love Kills. Yay! <laughs> oh, the roller coaster with this bloody song was oh, quite talk something. About, I said I said Moldova's song was a miracle. This. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember um okay, so uh uh RTBF were in charge for this year, so they picked their most recent winner of The Voice Bell Chic and they decided to have this um, radio national final where he would perform the three competing songs live on the radio and then there, 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 there would be a vote. Um, 
Unfortunately, um, it was early in the morning and Roberto <laughs> was quite sick. So, oh, no. so all of these performances sounded quite ropey. <laughs> and um, yes. I remember as, when... As did the songs. Yeah. And uh, I remember when Love Kills was first selected, it was just basically the big butt monkey of ecforum.net everyone oh was basically making fun of it and saying that belgium were doomed and stuff like that but then um the original songwriter i think got in touch and was saying hey this is not how i intended the song so they went and reworked it and it turned out pretty solid uh, turned out to be a pretty solid pop song after the revamp and um yeah and this was a song i was kind of mid at the time but over the years i've really come to appreciate it i really like it now <laughs> yeah one of the more miraculous reworkings that there's ever been in, in, for a eurovision song i think yeah um the song didn't sound like much at all originally i, I seem to remember and they Worked a minor miracle, I have to say. The performance was great. He was great. Um, and they qualified for the final, and it was delicious. Yay! And um, the dance routine that the backing singers were doing was very memorable. <laughs> I've seen that gift so many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I can't even put it into words. You just, you just have to see it to believe yeah. it. Like, it shouldn't work, but it weirdly does. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. I'm going to master that one day. Yeah. <laughs> one of these days. It never comes around, but one of these days. Oh. Okay, anything else before we move on? Uh, no. No? Okay, so song number seven was Estonia. Do you remember what... Oh, entry... was it? Yeah. I can't remember what order these come in, um, but I remember Estonia is It Usaks Alguse. Well done. By uh, Birgit. Yes, Birgit Oigemel. Yes. <laughs> uh, I remember at the time this was kind of a controversial pick because, like, especially, like, I wasn't too upset, um, but I remember some people in the fandom, me included, were getting hyped up about a certain entry by a band called Winnie Pooh. I can't, I, <laughs> don't ask me what the title is because it's in Estonian, but it was just like, like go look up Estilel Winnie Pooh on YouTube because it is absolute bonkers i just like i just love it <laughs> bonkers <laughs> i think the tight i think the title translates as something like my neighbor our friend, went to our, our friend korsakov has just been to latvia or something yeah, like something that, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was amazing jeez so, yeah, yeah the the, the winnie the winnie pooh fans are very vocal i would say that <laughs> have expected that wasn't going to win because you know I, it's we don't get it like like I, I just kind of 
like near like this is probably a bit too divisive to win but hey it made the super final at least oh no did it just miss out i can't it remember just, they, was... i think back then they only had two songs oh the yeah this final. was yeah that just missed out so yeah so um but but hey like it got third so i wasn't terribly upset um but um yeah a lot of the fans i remember because like considering that what ended up winning was this very pleasant song and you know there's <laughs> there's nothing that modern eurovision hate eurovision fans hate more than a nice pleasant song so yeah there was a lot of vitriol when this song got picked and um and and like i don't mind it i think it's a nice pleasant tune and like <laughs> i remember when it qualified a lot of those same people were absolutely beside themselves they're like what this made it through <laughs> but um cry cry harder yeah cry harder <laughs> um i mean it's not my favorite estonian entry but i think it's a nice cute song and um yeah, and, and she was also pregnant at the time, so it kind of, like, added mm. a new meaning to the song, because it's basically about, like, having a new start in life and stuff like that, so I thought it was quite nice. I thought it was really pretty. I think the Estonian language is always really pretty in, in, in Eurovision songs, um, especially this one. Um one thing I have noticed, though, is that the song that finished second in the national final by Greta Paya is getting quite heavy rotation on ESC radio at the moment. For oh, some really? reason. Yeah, for some reason. Oh, that's weird. Mm. Okay, anything else before we move on? I've seemed to remember Estonia being the last country to score points which made me feel sad oh <laughs> they were on zero for a worrying number of length of time <laughs> oh oh well which some people could um construe as winnie pooh's revenge but um <laughs> not me <laughs> oh Okay, so let's move on to song number eight, um, country that we're not exactly fans of right now because it's Belarus. Um, do you remember what entry they sent that year? Um, well, after after um, changing their entry about nine hundred times, I think they ended <laughs> up with, with I think they ended up with Soleo by yes. Aliona. Yeah, because I remember, like, she won the national final with a different song, which I thought wasn't too bad. Uh, I think it was called Rhythm of Love or something like that. Yes. Oh, that's unlocked a core memory. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but then they changed it for some reason and went with Soleo, which um was a kind of like a fairly solid pop song with you know the you know, sparkly outfit pop song as I, I was would want to dub it, if you know what I mean. Um uh, yeah. the giant mirror ball thingy, I remember. And um yeah, it's pretty solid I think. Yep, um everything but the kitchen sink. Um <laughs> pretty 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 legendary on the on the Euro club dance floor I would say. 
Okay. No, not much more to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, so song number nine is um, your uh, beloved Malta. So you should definitely know what entry they said that you. <laughs> um, I have a few things to say about this one, but yes, it's Gianluca Bezzina with Tomorrow. Yay! So um, go on, what do you want to say? Well, maybe you should start because mine, mine, I'm not, I'm probably going to throw a spanner in the works. Oh, okay. Um, so at the time I hated this song because I just kind of <laughs> thought the whole, his name is Jeremy thing just like kind of annoying, <laughs> but like over the years I've kind of warmed up to it and it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, this is a nice little pop song and um, it got Malta top 10 for the first time in absolute yonk, so um, I could, I could definitely see why because... You know, it's a nice little pop song and uh, uh, that's the kind of thing that I imagine a lot of casuals would like. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty good going. So, um, yeah, this song's okay for me now. So I don't hate it like I did back then. So um, I'm interested to hear what you think about this now. Yeah, I've, I've kind of gone in the other direction. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> um but I, I was I was behind Malta back then. It's, well, I was always behind Malta back then. Um, and um, Gianluca, I remember everyone was thinking of him as the little puppy dog. <laughs> and um, there's that gif that always comes out um, where he's pulling the little puppy dog face. <laughs> um, yeah, nice enough song. Um uh, but a couple of things have come to my attention lately that I'm, you know, I, I want to get out in the open. Uh-oh. First one, his his first one. His, so his name is Jeremy, working in IT. Why does why does his female love interest not get a name check? Yeah, that's a good point, he, actually. He just calls her she. Yeah. And also. Um, since um, in recent years, Jim Luca has come out as a member of the Traditional Family Values Brigade. But oh, we won't no! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof, yikes. Um... That topic may may come up again in future Eurovision Retro Reviews, just saying. Yeah, I know one song in particular you've soured on quite a lot due to outside things shall i say <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm kind of i'm actually kind of for that reason but i actually i'm actually kind of dreading having to do that yeah but um if it's the one i'm thinking of i haven't soured towards the song oh okay i can okay. still appreciate the song oh okay so yeah <laughs> okay so no spoilers I'm... no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers okay so um oh speaking of Awkward conversations. Um, do we oh. want to move on to song ten? Well, it's uh, at least it's not um, the song that um, Russia sent two years later. So I yeah. think we're okay with this one. Okay, so because it is Russia, do you remember the song and the artist? It's "What If" and it's Dina Garipova. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I- like, but keep in mind, this is 2013, so Crimea had not happened. But, like, even back 
then I was like, I was just like vitriolic towards this song because like even, even with, even considering this is 2013, even then I thought, oh, this is a bunch of pandering bollocks. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> pun, pun, pun my language. Um, I don't know about Dina herself, so I don't really have much against her but i just uh, i this song has always put a bad taste in my mouth even in 2013 like uh but uh on the bright side i did think the bit with the 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 wrist the bangles kind of you know when they throw the balls into the audience and then all the lights go up i thought that was kind of nice but that is a moment yeah but aside from that, I've never liked this song. I I have because I often fall for pandering bollocks, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know that everything that this um, song stands for rings completely hollow these days. But um, it's a it's a real shame because I I still haven't quite an emotional connection to this song. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, and I don't, I don't think, I don't know anything about the singer and what she stands for, so I haven't cancelled this one like I've cancelled a certain other song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cancelled. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so do we want to move on to song number 11? Yes, please, because it's, it's one of my it's one of my favorites. Yeah, so obviously, song number eleven is Germany, and you should know obviously what entry this one is. It's Cascada, yay! <laughs> okay, so um, we've got pretty differing opinions regarding this song. So, do you highly me... differing. Yeah, so do you want me to get the? nasty things out first and then leave everything on a nice positive with your compliments yeah well well, yeah you start with your amazing hatred and i'll I'll (laughs) pick things up after that (laughs) okay like hatred is a bit strong for this one but like (laughs) i've i've always i've not now i can't even speak uh i i've never been a fan of this entry it's partly because i don't like cascada in general like it's probably different for you but like even in their heyday in the late 2000s i just thought like it was their music was just tacky chav music (laughs) student nights (laughs) um but um yeah, I remember at the time people were saying that it was a Euphoria ripoff, and I, to a degree, I, I can kind of see some similarities, because in the sense that they probably thought, oh, an EDM song won Eurovision, why don't we go next year? Because like we're one of the biggest dance bands around, kind of thing. So. Like, like, I definitely think this was inspired by Euphoria, but it's not a rip-off like a lot of people say. Um, uh, like, e- even back 
then I was not part of the hype and um, this turned out to be one of the big fan wank flops of the year uh, I know that John that you're going to be quite sad about that but uh, I wasn't <laughs> I know uh, one thing that I found kind of funny that there was this episode <laughs> of um, ESC Insights where they reviewed this and birds in the same episode I believe and they were slagging off birds saying oh well, um Oh, I don't think this is going to translate like Anouk's not that big a star and stuff like that and then they were saying oh Cascada are huge stars of course they're going to get loads of votes and in particular Ewan was just gushing about oh she stands on the podium and then she goes down the stairs isn't that amazing staging and I'm like what the hell are you talking about dude <laughs> like, like staging is probably one of the things that let it down actually because it was like it was just basically two minutes of standing around doing nothing and then by the time she walks down to the crowd it's too late you know it's there's nothing much to it so like i just kind of found it funny that like he bashed anuk and gushed about cascada and then Anouk did really well and then Cascada bombed so I've kind of found that a bit funny um so um yeah um sorry John so um I don't hate the song um it's overrated even today because you still get quite a lot of fans defending it but um hey at least it's not every time we touch or any of their other horrible songs so like by their standards this isn't that bad so okay so i'll let you make up for this and say all the nice things <laughs> well evacuate the dance floor because here here we go um it, what all i will say is to start with that um you know all all of us people in the Eurovision podcast game. We all, everyone has an opinion. Not everyone's opinion is right all of the time. You know, music is so subjective. Yeah. And you know, we don't always get things right all the time. Nobody can. <laughs> nobody's perfect. But you know, that's all I've got to say on that. Um, so yeah, um, Cascada. I. You know, I appreciated them, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was ever a huge fan um, until this song came along. Now we've said often that on this podcast that um, major artists don't usually send their best song to the Eurovision. I, yeah. I think this is probably for me a rare. Um, what's the word? Um, exception to that rule. Because I don't, I probably wouldn't listen to most of their songs, but I listen to this one quite heavily. Um, and and I, I was obsessed with this song, and I thought it was going to do very well. I was very sad to see that it, that it flopped on the night. Um, and it kind of wrecked Germany's trajectory in a yeah, way. Yeah, totally because, did, yeah. Yeah, because after... Um, you know, after this was the first time in some time that they'd sent a, um, a a known act, and they've never really done the same since. They've always looked for 
the new Lena, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, a new a, a newcomer act, um, which has gone so terribly wrong for them. Yeah. Um, you know, when they've had a lot of established acts with good songs in their national finals and they've just been ignored for very strange reasons. And I think that you can probably trace it back to the, to this. Yeah. Oh well. Well, oh, Ger- Germany need an intervention. I've said that before as well, but um... yeah, <laughs> we've said that many times over the last couple of years. To be honest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. Anything else before we move on to song twelve? Let's move on. Okay, so um, song 12 was Armenia. Do you remember what entry they sent that year? Um, Rough Guide. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, it was the other one, wasn't it? It was yes. the other one, Lonely Planet, yes. <laughs> ah, do you remember the name of the band? Um, na- yeah, they were named after a character in Birds of a Feather, weren't they? Dorian's. <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, uh, oh, well, what was I gonna go with this? So um, I remember at the time this was kind of like being, kind of like, like a butt monkey amongst the Eurovision fandoms because it was kind of like oh, because oh, yeah, Armenia had to skip the previous year because it was in Azerbaijan, so this was basically their comeback. And people were just kind of like, oh, Armenia are coming back with this? Really? Um, I don't dislike it. I mean, it's not an amazing song, but it's like a perfectly serviceable rock song. And um, the amazing thing is that this was co-written by Tommy Iommi from Black Sabbath, which, like... (laughs) and, And the story behind that is quite funny because i think what happened was that he was involved in some sort of fundraising thing in 1989 because armenia had a huge earthquake and there was kind of like a fundraising push for that in europe and um, Mm. he contributed to that so like this song was kind of like a favor or something like that i can't remember what the full story was but it was just kind of weird convoluted story and uh, which ended up with one of his songs being in Eurovision which was kind of a surprise to him <laughs> but um I, I don't really have strong feelings either way towards the song it's just like like your average kind of like stodgy kind of like arena rock song like it, it, it's fine like I don't have any feelings strong feelings towards this one um what about you um three things that i can think of um one um one of my favorite lyrics um lonely planet who has done it (laughs) (laughs) um secondly um if we were only allowed to have one rock song in the in the final i would have picked albania over armenia yeah and thirdly, um, my main memory of this, um, be, having been live in the arena, is the week of Eurovision. I fell, I fell ill. Oh 
no. I got I picked up um Eurovision flu, I think. Oh um, no. Like some kind some kind of throat infection and I was spending the entire week coughing non-stop. Oh and no. The thing I remember this song for is their bloody smoke machine. The bloody smoke machine making my cough worse. And I wouldn't be surprised if you listened really carefully. <laughs> Maybe you can hear me up in the up in the arena seats going <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, damn it. Damn it, Dorians. Really? <laughs> Oh God, I I have asthma, so like if you if you felt felt bad, I probably would have been coughing with you if I was sat next to you in the arena. Oh no, probably, probably. And I was up, I was up in the in the circle. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Okay. Anything else before we move on? Nothing more. Okay, so song number 13 is The Netherlands, and of course you should know what this song is. Well, we've mentioned it before. It's a nuke with birds. Yay! Yay! So this is the song that finally ended The Netherlands' losing streak, because, like, for those younger fans who don't remember, like, pre 2013 like the Netherlands were having a really crap streak of <laughs> like not yes. qualifying and like the last couple of years beforehand they were trying but it didn't work and then finally they said fuck it we'll just send <laughs> our most famous singer and uh, see how that works and of course it worked because it finally got them qualifying for the first time Oh no! Wait a minute. Didn't they? Did they have to qualify in two thousand and four? Yes. Oh, okay. Never mind. So, okay. So the. So the but it first... was certainly the first. Certainly the first time since two thousand and four. Yeah. So, so they, they, this finally broke their losing streak, and they have not looked back since. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, a, a first place and a second place later. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I've always loved this song. Um, it was my third placer, and I, it still is, because my top three has, of 2013 hasn't changed. But, uh, I mean, it's no, no dig, because, like, I really think my top three are, like, a strong bunch of songs, so it's, like, not exactly, like, a big gap between them. But, um, yeah, I really liked this song, and I was so happy that it... <laughs> That it that it qualified and yeah, it's just yeah. I, I I'm I'm again to that stage where I'm starting to babble. So you take over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank goodness that that she stepped up and said, you know, I'll do Eurovision, but you have to let me do it on my terms. Yeah. Um. That that changed. Um. Perceptions of Eurovision in the Netherlands and how how you do it, and it really worked. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else before we move on? Not really. No. 
Okay, so um, song number 14 is Romania. Do you remember what who sang what? Oh, it was Cheza, wasn't it? Yes! <laughs> it's oh, yeah, I remember. I remember a lot of people were shocked that that qualified. Me, not so much. But <laughs> yeah, I was. I wasn't shocked at all. Like, <laughs> like I think a lot of the people who were saying that it wouldn't qualify. I think that was more wishful thinking than anything. Probably. <laughs> Because, like, this was, like, one of the most despised entries of the entire lineup this year. I guess and, so. Um, and I have to say, like, at the time when it was first selected, I, I hated it. I thought it was just ridiculous and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. then I saw the semi-final performance at Eurovision and I just completely did a 180 because, you know, the giant vampire dress and the giant placenta or whatever it was and the, <laughs> and the oh, what? <laughs> there was a there was a part of the performance which looked looked like a giant placenta <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh, also the naked dancers uh, well they weren't actually naked but they looked naked pretty much and mm. like after seeing that whole performance I ju- was just like I officially love this now this is so ridiculous I love it <laughs> you <laughs> and, converted yeah and I'm still that way now like this is just like this is just fucking hilarious excuse my language but yeah this is just like one of the most funniest Eurovision performances I've ever seen like it's just like it's it's like almost art in how ridiculous this is (laughs) I think you've covered it perfectly I don't think I can add anything more to that okay So, so what did you think at the time? Did you hate it, or did you always like it, or? I was I was indifferent. Oh, okay. <laughs> Neither nor. Oh God. Okay, so um, let's move on to song number fifteen, which is us. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Oh, oh sh- Hang on, I could just remember it. I, I got the soundboard. <laughs> Because I just want to play that Linda Woodruff bit with the GPS. <laughs> Do it. Hang on, it's just loading. It's going to take a while, to, but um, uh, let's just babble on about um, the song a bit before the app comes up. So um, <laughs> what was the song and the artist that we said that year? Bloody Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was... Um, Kind of got got had had a complicated history with this because like this was the year after Engelbert and like when they announced they were sending Bonnie Tyler is just kind of like oh another geriatric singer great I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this song is actually quite decent um oh hang on uh let me uh. Hang on, where is... Oh, there we go. I finally got it. So let me play it. This is what happens when you've bloody Bonatile on your GPS. <laughs> <laughs> Crash, boom, bang. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> We're in Denmark. kind of nice but again like it's kind of like that typical thing of like oh we send songs that are too nice that people don't really that the casuals don't really care for so we didn't do terribly great so it's just um yeah like it, the song's okay but it's just kind of like is that the best we could have done really mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. What do you think? I got the feeling that Bonnie Tyler just thought she was going to turn up and sing the song and then go home. Because <laughs> um, I know I know we had um, a problem with our acts not really knowing what they were signing up for at the time. Yeah. <laughs> lots of rehearsals, lots of performances, and a lot of time being spent in the host city. <laughs> um yeah. But bless Bonnie. She did she she it wasn't the one, but she I'm glad she was there. Yeah. Uh oh. Also, you know, I have to stick up for her because, you know, <laughs> it's a Welsh singer, so yay. Absolutely. Yay. Ah. <laughs> uh, Okay, so song number 16 is the host country, Sweden. Oh, you should obviously know what they said that year. It's Robin Schoenberg. Sorry? Robin Schoenberg. Oh, sorry, I've, the audio got a bit muffled. I didn't hear it quite properly. No, that was, prob that was probably just because I was saying it in a Swedish accent, that's why. <laughs> yeah, Swedish Not does have some weird kind of like pronunciations i say that mm. as someone who speaks norwegian but yeah <laughs> yeah it, but it, it's not robin stjernberg no <laughs> <laughs> i could never master that stj pronunciation in swedish it's just kind of like, oh, I, don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to do <laughs> i think it de i think it depends on where in sweden you are actually oh okay like some you... go, some go first, some go shoot, some well, whatever. We won't go there. <laughs> this this isn't a dialect podcast. Do you speak in a specific dialect in Swedish? Like like what was it that Taron Hamstad or whatever it was? Maybe, maybe I maybe I do. Maybe I am kind of southern Swedish. I'm good to board stuff, but I don't know. Hmm. I haven't really haven't really thought about it. Yeah. Maybe I should look into it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, when I was learning Norwegian, like, I originally did it in a Western dialect with the with the French R because I couldn't roll my tongue. But now I can roll my tongue. I do it in a pretty standard Oslo dialect. You know? <laughs> did, did that take practice? Yeah, it did, rolling? yeah. Because I, I still can't do it. I can barely do it, like... It's a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so um, this entry has quite the story because, like, um, I I did watch Melody Festival and all the way through, and um, this was a pretty shocking winner because this was the first winner that came from Andrew Hansen. So yeah, this was like pretty 
shocking. So, like, do you want to give a rundown of, like, what happened? I was just relieved that we ended up with a decent song. Um, because I, I do not feel like Melfest uh, 2013 was, was the one, really. Yeah. Um, and some decent songs fell by the wayside before the final. So, yeah, yeah some questionable choices were made. Um, before um, we before we move on, I do uh, like I don't hate the song, but I I kind of enjoyed the song, but I do kind of have a bone to pick with this song because it beat one of my favorite Melfest entries that year in and- in the final duel, Nanda Kwanson, which <gasps> was the Mal- Martin Rolinsky song. Martin Rolinsky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when is, they, if, when is he Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, when is he coming back to Melfest? Like, come on. We should get on that. Yeah. Pester Power might get him back. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, if only they'd opened up um, Under Hansen to uh, four qualifiers then. Because <sighs> yeah. then we might, have ha- we might have had the the decent song ratio in the final might have increased. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. I I will obviously have a soft spot for this song because it was my first Eurovision. It was the host team song. I always thought it was a good song, and I just have good memories, so I'm biased. Oh, I kind of like this song. It's quite a cute song, I think. And yeah. um, also, I think um, like a few times in Euroclub, we kind of had fun doing the you. Yodel kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, was this one of the songs um, when we were in Stockholm in 2016? Was this one of the songs that we tried to do a Cockney version of? Because there was a few Eurovision songs we were kind of like, oh, this sounds funnier in a Cockney accent kind of thing, and we tried to do Cockney versions of various Eurovision songs. <laughs> Quite possibly, I don't remember doing that one. I remember doing Walk on Walter. On Walter, on Walter. Sorry, I just took a swig of water. Um, anything else? I think that'll do. Okay. Okay, so song number 17 was Hungry. Do you remember what the entry was? Oh, Hungry. Um, bye, Alex. Yes. Oh, you want the title? Kedvashem. Yay! Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Yay. Okay, um, this is a kind of a weird one to me because at the time I was very kind of meh. Like, I didn't get this song. Like, it was just kind of like a nothing song to me. Like, I didn't hate it, but I just really didn't get it. But, like, over mm. the years, I've kind of appreciated Like, well, this is kind of, kind of like a cute song. So, like, I quite like it now. Yeah, one of those songs that kind of takes you by surprise by how well it catches on with people. Yeah, because this is quite. A, this made the top quite subtle. Ten. Yeah, it did. Um,. Quite chilled, quite subtle. Um, but it seems to strike a chord with people. Yep. I remember they wanted to include some Swedish lyrics, but it was too late. 
Oh. That would have been in, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Oh. What could have been? Mm. Okay. So um do we want to move on to song number 18? Yes. Okay. So um obviously song number 18 is Denmark, the eventual winner. <laughs> so um I know I've got quite a lot to say about this, um, mainly because I want to make this uh, in defense of only teardrops kind of segment because, like, I don't think a majority of the fandom, but certainly a vocal minority, it's particularly a couple of sites, <coughs> easier site, <coughs> just love to shit on only teardrops anytime they can because. Because they don't like that a perfectly nice song ended up winning Eurovision and they're the kind of people who just, like, being perfectly nice is, like, the worst thing you could do in Eurovision, which is, I just think that kind of mentality is BS. Um, But, like, I don't think this song is just perfectly nice. Like, I do think, like... Like, the song and the performance are, like, really strong and it's pretty evident when you watch the final that, like, the, this is obviously the winner. Like, the like it screamed winner when, uh, when the performance came on. So, like, uh, and a lot of things that um, certain fans, certain people in the blogger community like to at this song that is they, they kind of like compare it to like running scared and like oh it only won because it was a nice song that went through the middle I'm like no Ooh. no like like even like even though I said it's not easy to decipher like the scores with the averages like even taking that <laughs> into consideration it, like it's pretty evident that this song won both the jury and the televote quite comfortably. Like, it, it actually got a similar score to um, Rise Like a Phoenix, and people say, mm. oh, that's one of the strongest Eurovision winners of all time. And I'm just like, uh, I, I just think it's really annoying that people, like, a certain group of people try to shit on this song at, at any possible opportunity. Like, like what when this first um got selected cuz like i remember thinking oh cuz like, i remember going through all that the dance melody grand prix songs that year and, and i was kind of like like oh, all the songs are boring except for only teardrops so i was obviously like really happy that it won and um my guests at the time were really happy when it won so like so like when we got to the to the review of the song so i was when we got to this song i when we were because it was the first episode because it was in the first half of semi one and uh, i was like oh yeah i still really like it uh i'll be really happy if this one because it was the big favorite at the time and and all that and then my guests were suddenly like oh this song is overrated now and i'm like what where, where did this come from? Like, yeah. it's almost as if, like, as soon as it became the favorite, like, a th- switch flipped in a lot of fans. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, uh, I'm just 
getting annoyed, so you fill in for me now. Okay. Well, I, li I like ESC Insight, but I always will defend only Teardrops of the Hilt. Yeah, um, I just want to make clear that I don't hate ESC Insight. I mean, I'm actually friends with a lot of the people there, but they say some things that are just stupid in my opinion. But anyway, continue. You're allowed to disagree. It's quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, this will always be one of my favourite winners. I think I love it even more than Euphoria, actually, and I really like Ooh. Euphoria. Um yeah, I, I just have so many memories that um, watching the national final, getting to Malmö, wearing my um, red and white Danish outfit, um, the pyro rain and the confetti, um, leaving the arena after the final to find that uh, Danish TV had parked a great big lorry outside <laughs> the arena saying... See you next year in Copenhagen, 14 <laughs> kilometers in that direction. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> it was. Yeah, what, this will always be one of my favorite winners, not just because it has so many memories attached to it, for me, so many personal memories, but also just because it's a bloody good song. Yeah, I mean, at the time it was my number two, and it's still my number two of the year, so yeah. Yeah. They're not too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> so, anything else before we move on? I know I've exhausted my big in defense of speech, so, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll move on, it's fine. Oh, uh, one thing I do want to say that there was, um, maybe I'll save it for a certain other song we'll get later, actually. So, um, yeah, I think we move on to song number 19 for now. Fine. Okay, so song number 19 was Iceland. Do you know who sang what for Iceland that year? I don't know if I can pronounce the gentleman's name, but the, the song was Yay Alif. Yay! I'll let you off, because um, I think it's pronounced Aethor, I think. Something oh, like that. Aethor, yes, Aethor Ingi. That's it. Yeah, I, th I think we're close enough. Yes. So, um... So I remember at the time I was not very impressed with this song because um, I, ju I just thought it was a kind of like a generic ballad kind of thing and there were other songs in the in Song for Kepnin that I preferred uh, but um, I, I kind of warmed up to this song. I think it's quite nice. Like I'm not a massive fan of it, but like I, I appreciate it for what it's, for what it is, you know. Well, I loved it at the time. I thought it built beautifully. I thought they really were onto the right thing when they chose to sing it in Icelandic. Um, I think it was staged beautifully as well. I loved the backdrop and the lighting and the all the vocals were completely spot on and yeah. i it yeah really liked it really liked it also it was the first song in icelandic that they sent in absolute ages so that was kind of oh, nice yes. true I, I appreciate that yeah okay do we want to move on to song number 20 yeah okay so that you uh, in song number 20 was azerbaijan do you remember the entry Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can never remember his surname, but it was Farid. Yeah. 
and it was hold me. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah, you're in a hold me, hate train, safe space. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, people who are long time listeners will know that I just do not like these kind of songs. Like, it was very obvious that they were trying to win with this, and it was kind of like. To me, I kind of always saw this song as kind of like a Dima Bilan um, wannabe kind of thing, yeah, and you yeah. know, you know how I feel about Dima Bilan's Eurovision. Oh so, yes, um, yeah. So like, I've always hated this song, and um, what was kind of funny was that certain people in press were all of a sudden hyping this entry up and um, saying f that. SVT were just basically trying to rig it for Denmark and stuff like that and but what there is is a certain degree of favoritism but it's only natural because they were the favorite so of, of course that's the, that's just how it goes um and, and and obviously like when Denmark did win they were just like really stewing in anger and I was just kind of like that that tea sipping meme of like ha 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 suffer kind of thing so um yes. and, the, and then the sim card story came out yes which was extremely ironic because it turns out that the people who were actually cheating was Azerbaijan because um they got <laughs> caught um having this entire ring of sim cards in various countries to artificially inflate their televote score and um in fact for several years after this they ended up taking you know a more low-key um approach just to like you know take some attention away but um yeah um like i've always hated this song i um i was kind of found it so funny that they got caught out um cheating and um yeah i don't know what else to say um what about you i have nothing to say yep <sighs> oh well next next okay so song number 21 was greece do you remember what who sang what? Oh, I forgot Greece was next. Oh, that was um, alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Alcohol is free. And the band? Cosa Mostra. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing with this without looking them up. By the way, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like what I wanted <laughs> with this bit. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that we both really like this and uh, always really like this. And um, yeah, it's just like Greece at their absolute best. Yeah, not much you can say. It's just a classic, really. Yamas! <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay, so I think we can swiftly move on to song number 22. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so song number 22 was Ukraine. Do you remember who sang what? Oh, good. This was Lata Ognevich with Gravity. Yes! <laughs> the one with the giant at the beginning, <laughs> which I thought was kind oh, of Oh, yeah, we, we, the, that was a terrible idea. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 
luckily um the remaining two minutes 50 made up for that (laughs) yeah i also saw that the giant guy recently passed away which was quite sad to hear oh yeah that is sad so um so i kind of heard that apparently um Ukraine wanted this big CGI kind of like fantasy kind of thing, but SVT told them to bugger off basically. <laughs> um, so... Boo, SVT, boo! <laughs> Which is kind of ironic because um, the uh, uh, did they do many? Yeah, they did. Did they do a few kind of like CGI things in 2016? But um, like 20 these days, anything good? Yeah, these days anything goes. Yeah, but um, like 2013, they were trying to downscale somewhat, so they probably thought uh, it's not worth doing fancy CGI stuff. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I've never really made, been able to make my mind up about this uh, song because like, mm, I don't know what it that it is like. Like, I, I know that it's going for this kind of, like, Disney kind of, um, I don't know what to say kind of thing. It's, it's a very kind of, like, epic Disney kind of thing going on with this kind of thing. And it's, it's kind mm. of like, in some ways it kind of works, in others it doesn't. So I've, I've never never really been able to make my mind up about this song so um yeah i, I think it's okay i think it's pretty solid so yeah yeah i understand that i appreciate that it was vocally impeccable and i, I think it's just a really really good song to listen to yeah um the performance was great um and they deserved their top three placing Okay, so shall we move on to song number 23? We're at the very tail end of this final now, so we're not not (laughs) Let's go. Okay, so song number 23 was Italy. Do you remember what they sent? Oh, how can you forget? Marco Mingoni. Hey! With uh, Licenziale. Yep, ding, ding, ding. So uh, this was... um, the first time they actually sent the winner of San Remo for the first time in like probably since the 60s actually um so it, I remember it was quite a big deal at the time I was like oh my god they're actually sending the winner of San Remo so so a lot of people were kind of like hyping this up and I, mm. I was just kind of like this is just mid to me um uh, I mean it, I, I suspect some of the big love comes from the fact that he's not exactly a bad looking guy I mean I'm not exactly the <laughs> best person to judge but um like he's I, I can understand like he, he's kind of easy on the eye a bit <laughs> um but uh, like even like when learning Italian like I wasn't terribly impressed with the song it just kind of like a standard like you're the best thing that happened in my life kind of song and it's just it just doesn't go beyond nice for me i mean it's not a bad thing but it i'm not like raving about it like a good chunk of the fandom still is if that makes sense it does 
but I, but I think it's a good song, a good, a solid ballad. Um, and I thought it would do better than it did. It came seventh, which is good. Um, yeah, I think you've covered it pretty well, actually. Okay. So mm. shall we go to song number 24? Yes, I think, I think you want to cover this one. <laughs> Because um, song number 24 is Norway. Do you remember what they sent? And you better know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I was going to, um, I thought about inserting a joke where I said the um, act who came second, but don't. he'd bite my head off. Don't. He'd bite my head off. So no, I won't. It's um, the amazing Margaret Berger. Yay! <laughs> yeah, we like that one. Okay, so um, at the time, this was my number one of the year, and it still is. Um, oh, good. I, yeah, this, um, I absolutely loved this song. And, um, yeah, it was, um, I liked it because, like, it was just, like, so different, different. Like, it didn't seem like your typical Eurovision fair. Like, it, it would yeah. sound out of place at the kind of music I, I'd usually listen to and, like I thought she was so cool and stuff like that and like like it was kind of like the beginning of like a little golden age that Norway had like they they kind of I consider Norway to have had like two golden ages like they had um the first golden age in the mid 90s with that run between 93 and 96 and then the second mini golden age between 2013 and 2015 so like that was and um obviously of course that was like the beginning of like a three-year streak of norway topping my um being my favorite of the song of the year so i got very fond memories of that time so this is basically like the start of my whole um falling in love with norway thing and stuff like that so um Oh, please, go. I wish that we that Norway go back to sending, like, actual good songs and not gimmicky crap like they have recently, so fingers crossed <laughs> for next year. <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I wanted Denmark to win, but I would have been equally happy if Norway had won. In fact, I would probably have had Denmark first, Norway second, and then Ukraine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just so good, isn't it? Yeah. It's just such a good song. Oh. It's, you know, no, Norway can do really good songs like this. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so shall we move on to song number 25, the penultimate song? Yes. Okay, so song number 25 was Georgia. Do you remember what they said that year? Yes, uh, Sinead and Nevergreen with In a Moment Like This. (laughs) Uh, I'm not wrong though, am I? No, not really, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, um, I don't know what to say. Like, I think I remember this was somewhat hyped at the time because they thought, oh, it it's was. A, it was a, it's a Gison song that you know is very, <coughs> sorry, um, typical Swedish. You know, at the time with that kind of 
thing was popular, so it was kind of a shock to some people that it only got 15th, so, um, yeah, I'm not the, uh, you know that I'm, oh, sorry, my voice is going, because, <laughs> um, Oops. I've been talking for so long, mm. sorry, just take a swig of water, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, um, as I was saying, um, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of in a moment like this to begin with, so it, this kind of felt like a horrible Frankenstein version of that. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know why I said Frankenstein, but it, yeah, it just kind of felt it, like a, it figures. It kind of felt like a bad retread of that whole thing, and I was just it, it, the. Nah, this isn't for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that I normally like this kind of shtick, so I do have a soft spot for it. But um, yeah, maybe not as maybe a paler version of of other songs in that genre. Yeah. But yes, it was quite a fan favorite at the time. For some people say, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, it's going to be Tbilisi. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, listener, it wasn't. No. <laughs> oh, okay, so anything else before we do the final song? Not really. Okay, so the final song, song number 26, was Ireland. Do you remember who sang what? It was Ryan Dolan, wasn't it, with Only Love Survives. Oh. And this... And... He was very unlucky, wasn't he? Yeah, because this finished last, and uh, today is the only song to have gone through a semi-final. To uh, sorry, no, not the only. This was the this is at time of recording the most recent song to have gone through a semi-final and finished last in the final, which is oh. kind of unfortunate. Um. I, d I don't think it's... Very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, like, at the time, I was, uh, wasn't was that big on it. I mean, it, it's a solid song, but I wasn't, like, massively impressed by it. And I, I still kind of think that today. It's just kind of like, oh, it's kind of a nice song. But still, Last Place felt kind of harsh to this. Yeah, I kind of blame the bizarre... Um, way they calculated the votes at that time. Yeah. Um, it was they, they were just mathematically unlucky, I think. Yeah. Um, in the average rankings, they're not last in either list. So something must have happened. You know, one song just got over the line, just ahead of them somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but. It's a shame because it doesn't. It's it was it was a decent song, and um, I remember the audience in the arena loved it. It was it was a banger for them, and yeah, it's a shame. I know that one mutual friend of ours that I think you were with at the in the final was uh, had Ireland as their favourites, and um, they oh, were yes. not happy to put it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, particularly because they didn't like the winner at all. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh dear. Yeah, things like that keep happening. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I haven't had a song of mine be last overall, at least. I mean, technically, I've had a favourite of mine be last with the jury, but it's uh, at God, least... Yes. But oh, oh, at least it wasn't last overall, so I'll take that. <laughs> but yeah. um, I can we and we... and also I haven't yet had a favorite song of mine not qualify. So like I'm kind of dreading like either of those things happen because I don't think I would take either very well. <laughs> I've had two in a row. Oh no. Yeah, that what, what? sixteen seventeen were not good years for me semi-finals wise. Oh, let's just no. say. But Ugh. we've left that in the past, and hopefully it will never happen again. Yep, fingers crossed. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay, so I think that's it about twenty thirteen. So, do you have any last comments about the year before we finish off this podcast? Um, not really, just that it would. I'm waiting for Sweden's next win. Yeah, it'll probably be within some point in the in this decade, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably won't have much long to wait for. So. Hopefully not. Uh, I'm hopefully hoping that Norway pull the heads out of the sand and pick a song that's actually good so that they can finally win because I know they want to win so they do want to win they just need to find the right song yeah yeah so stop it with the the subwoofers and kinos and you'll be sweet Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Okay, so I think that's about it for this um podcast so um Obviously, next time you'll hear from us, we'll be doing our Junior Eurovision, rather, um, 2022 review. So there you got that to look forward to. So until then, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Hey, you